today and welcome to the Good Soldier Podcast. My name is Pastor Estevo Montoya of the Mountain View Baptist Church in Taos, New Mexico, and thank you for taking time to listen to the Good Soldier Podcast. Our podcast is here to help encourage independent Baptist preachers of the gospel to fight the good fight, to take up the sword of the Lord, and to move forward for the glory of God. We are in the midst of transition. This podcast was originally... Um, set up to be on www.goodsoldier.co, but I found that I was having a hard time getting web traffic because of um, it being a one-page site, and I was getting traffic from YouTube and from, excuse me, not YouTube, from iTunes and from SoundCloud, and whenever I shared it personally on Facebook and other places like that, but I found that I was still not getting the type of traffic I used to get whenever I podcasted at Plea for Power, and the main difference is that Plea for Power is hosted on a platform called WordPress where I could actually write articles and share them and it helps share the podcast um, basically episode by episode and then also um, the website would be a home for it. And so I have went ahead and I am in the middle of transitioning the Good Soldier website onto the Plea for Power um, website. That is where my original blog was first at. And so um, there's some transition taking place and I've had to um, consider some things and also um, look at how to do this best. And I just decided that it'd be best to have it on the Plea for Power website because I plan on blogging. I want to be able to share articles that have the podcast embedded in it so that it could help get shared uh, more, you know, as far as you, you can share a specific episode and not the whole playlist and, and things like that. And so it's been a transition, I had to really think on some things and, and so forth. And so I've been um, not able to podcast, just trying to put things together. But I am back at it. Today is Monday, February 26th, and I'm excited about uh, the podcast and moving it back to Plea for Power because I plan on also writing articles and sharing articles about preaching, about uh, witnessing, and so forth, and and I'm going to be putting my gospel tract ministry back under the website as well, and once this podcast really gets established and I have articles going out, I'm going to be starting a another podcast or really another show that's going to be under the umbrella of Plea for Power. Plea for Power will be the main website, and it'll have articles about uh, preaching and so forth. There will be the the podcast, Good Soldier Podcast show on Plea for Power, and then there's also going to be another podcast called Way of the Cross, and if you know anything about the Gospel Tract ministry that I'm a part of, you know that I have a, a, a Gospel Tract that is titled Way of the Cross that uh, very distinctly uh, shares the Gospel. And I, I, in fact, yesterday we went out to eat after church uh, with the family from our church, and there was a man um, talking to my son. He's three years old, and he's asking him what his name was, and and all that. And I went to talk with him and got to find out that uh, this couple. Their family comes from the same mountain towns as my family, and possibly we could be distant cousins because she is a Montoya, as well as myself from the same mountain town here in uh, Dixon, New Mexico. And so I thought that was really neat, and I was able to give them gospel tracts. And right now in, in Taos, uh, Lent is a very big thing, which the Bible doesn't teach anything about Lent, but yet it's a very big thing. And so this couple was going to Mass, the Catholic Church in, in Taos, because of Lent, and I was able to give them a gospel tract, and I was able to tell them, look at this gospel tract, Way of the Cross, tells you exactly what Jesus did for you on the cross, and um, it was a blessing as we were going to order our food to look back, and the couple each had their own tract, and they weren't eating, they weren't talking, they were sitting down at the table, reading the gospel tract, and that was just a really big encouragement to me, uh, but... Uh, 
that that's what I'm getting at is the way of the cross, that that's what I, I want to preach and share. And, and that gospel tract is such a blessing. And so I'm going to be starting a another show here in the near future that will deal with the cross itself and teaching about the gospel teaching about salvation, a very evangelistic podcast, and that's going to be under Plea for Power as well. And so I'm excited about these different things, and I want to be able to use the internet to to, to, to spread the gospel. Again, this is under all the authority, all the authority is under our sending church, Valley Bible Baptist Church. I'm an evangelist church planter out of that church, and so I'm excited to have a part in this um, ministry here. But today... In the Good Soldier podcast, uh, I want to encourage us in regard to the older men of God that we have seen in recent days that have passed away. I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, um, in the beginning of the, the, the series of this podcast, rather the first episodes, about uh, Brother James Wilkins who had passed away. Uh, I had uh, mentioned about uh, a preacher who, on his dying bed, whenever they asked him if he had any last words, his words were, I have lived my entire life for this moment meaning to go home to glory and to be with Christ, because the Bible says, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord, and for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And this man had lived his entire life looking forward to the moments when he would draw his last breaths on earth and take his first breath in the presence of our God, um, the Lord Jesus Christ. And, And what an amazing thought to consider, to live our entire lives for that day. And then I remind you of another preacher who had passed away in recent days, an evangelist by the name of Jimmy Johnson. And and I've seen multiple preachers that uh, I've known who have passed away. And it's been... Um, in one way, a challenge. Obviously, it's it's sad. There is grief. There is mourning. Um, we went to one of the funerals of one of these men, and it was hard to not be emotional and so forth. I understand that that's part of uh, death, but at the same time, looking what these men did, it challenged me as a preacher because they are moving forward and being promoted to heaven, to the presence of Christ, and they have left with us that which they had been entrusted with. In fact, right now, as I record this podcast episode, I look at my certificate of ordination. Um, sent, uh, we're sent out of the Valley Bible Baptist Church in, in Española, New Mexico, and uh, the, the pastor of the church is Brother Brian McMath, and right under him is... James Wilkins signed my certificate of ordination, and he was the man who questioned me about uh, my doctrine and and my faith and and direction and so forth. and and uh, And he's gone. And I'm looking at that list of names that are on there. Most of those men are in their late 60s to early 70s, and they're they're slowly fading off. and And it's just a challenge to me personally that I need to be serious about what was given to me, and I need to take it serious. And so I have three simple thoughts here about um, one generation to the next, what men of God have passed unto us. Before we jump into the full content of this, let me just remind you, I talked about the Way of the Cross um, Gospel Tract, and uh, we have um, gospel tracts that we print for churches. If you head over to www.invitation.church forward slash discount, um, you could join the newsletter and you fill out the information there and you can get a coupon code for a 10% uh, discount off your first order of gospel tracts. And so head over to that and you can look at that Way of the Cross um, 
gospel tract and uh, we've lowered our prices and hopefully they could be a blessing to you but uh, back to the thought here about the um what one generation is given to the next one generation to the next what men of god have passed unto us the first thing i see in the bible when you consider um, from one generation to the next of men of god is found in the ministry of moses and joshua we understand the biblical context of Moses. He was to lead the children of God into the land of promise, but we know because of their lack of sin, their unbelief, which uh, the Bible teaches is applied to people who already are following God, who had already come out of Egypt, who had already had the blood applied. Um, they had repented and, and followed the Lord and trusted in the blood of the Lamb and they wanted to come out of Egypt, they were saved. That was a picture of salvation there. Unbelief was applied to people who were already out of Egypt. And uh, that's a whole other topic for a whole other time. But when people talk about the sin of unbelief referring to salvation, it is out of context. It is referring to people who had already come out of Egypt. Nevertheless, the children of Israel had unbelief, and they were not able to go into the promised land, and one generation died, and another generation was born in the wilderness, and as that new generation was going forward into the promised land, the ministry of leadership from Moses was now transferred to Joshua. And so I want to read to you um, out of the book of Joshua, chapter 1, and uh, the Bible says in verse 1, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua. Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, um, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. Now, Moses didn't go into the land because he smote the rock twice, and that generation of the children of Israel didn't go to the land because of their unbelief. But a new generation with a new leader is about to go forward. And the first thing I see here when we see one generation passing uh, to the next generation is that there is a direction that they are trying to send us. And when you read this passage of Scripture, and you you see the context of it obviously again this is referring to Israel and them going into the promised land but when we see um, what takes place here they were going forward to victory they were going forward to obtain houses that they didn't build they were going forward to attain kingdoms that they didn't establish and so forth and they were going forward for victory um, God had a plan for them and as we consider that th thought um, we read the Bible and the Word of God and the Bible teaches that God has um, for those of us who are saved that there are greater works that God has for us and whenever we consider the book of Acts and we consider all that took place Jesus started in his ministry and what he did in three and a half years was phenomenal. He obtained salvation for all the world, and I'm thankful for that, but he sent his apostles forward to do greater works than he himself did, and there was a direction that God had set for them, and I want to encourage us, and I want to challenge us here today, man of God, that as one generation passes to the next generation, yes, they did great things, but now is our chance to go forward and to do something for the glory of God and to obtain greater works for God's glory, um, for God's kingdom, for God's work, and let's um, take 
take the direction that they've given to us and let's move forward for the glory of God and do greater things than God um, has in store for us and obtain greater promises and greater victories because I believe that that is what God wants out of us. Yes, they did great things, but they are... um, slowly coming off the scene, the men of God. And now it is our chance to do something great for the glory of God. And that is the direction that was set from Joshua, or excuse me, from Moses to Joshua. Not only was there direction, but there was distinction. As as you consider um, another of the, the passing from one generation to the next, you read the, the, the stories of Elijah and Elisha. And we, we understand I'm not going to get into the mantle, and I'm not going to get into all that. I just want to remind you that whenever Elisha um, was given the ministry of that prophet um, role there in Israel, in the, in the, in the, in the land of God, um, you, you find that uh, Elisha looked to the heavens and he smote the water and he says, where is the Lord God of Elijah? He didn't say, where is Elijah? He said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? He knew that if he was going to go forward and do greater things, which let me remind you, he asked for a double portion of his spirit again going forward. That was the direction to do more for God. Not that the other man didn't do a lot, but he wanted to do more. That was the direction that was set. Um, We find him in his ministry doing more, and there comes a portion of scripture in, in 2 Kings chapter 4 as he is uh, Elisha passing from one city to the next city and uh, the Bible says here that um, on 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 8 and it fell on a day that Elisha um, passed to um, Shunem um, where was a great woman and she constrained him to eat bread and so it was that as off as he passed by he turned thither to eat bread and she said unto husband Behold, now I perceive that this is an holy man of God which passeth us by pass, passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed, and a table, and a stool, and a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. And so this is where we get the idea of a prophet's chamber. Whenever a, a, you know, a church has a prophet's chamber, that's where they get the context and the idea from. But Elijah not only gave a double portion, or excuse me, God didn't, God's the one who gave the double portion. He prayed to God for the double portion, but Elijah had taught him the ministry of a prophet, had performed miracles, and he had seen these different things. But the one thing that you see standing out beside the fact that he did do a double uh, amount of miracles than Elijah um, is that he was considered an holy man of God. And I believe he got that distinction because, yes, he was a man of God, but he trained under a man of God. And what the man of God gave to him, he continued with in his own ministry. And that is something that we really need to consider as uh, preachers of the gospel because of the fact that the generation that is passing on, I believe, were holy men of God. And now it is our turn to take the mantle. It is our turn to go forward. It is our turn to lead God's people. And I want to ask us here today, can people look at our lives and perceive that we are holy men of God, not worldly men of the world? I know I'm young, I'm only 33 years old, and it bothers me that men my age are trying to act like the world in their presentation, in their preaching, in their conduct, and how they carry themselves, and and the things they do. And I'm seeing preachers my age um, that go out and drink, and they smoke, and and they, they try to look like these hipsters, with all these different things and and 
to be honest, they look like sodomites. And, and it's just a shame to see that. Even independent Baptist preachers, I'm seeing how soft they are. I, I want to say this here today, that Elijah was a holy man of God, and he taught Elisha. And when people looked at him, they said, I perceive that thou art an holy man of God. I want to challenge us here today. Are we holy men of God? Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to all look the same and dress the same, but are we holy and are we men? Um, we, we need to make that distinction there. Sadly, we live in a generation where men don't want to be holy, um, nor are they acting like men. And I just want to challenge us with that. And so, one, there is direction. Two, there is distinction. And three, um, there is doctrine. As you read the Word of God, you find Timothy um, was the preacher boy of Paul, and I've taught a lot about Timothy in the beginning of this podcast, and I can't iterate enough um, how much we need to pay attention to doctrine. And so, um, you read in the Bible, and in 1 Timothy, um, Paul is writing to him in the 1 Timothy versus 2 Timothy that there's a difference of one 1 Timothy has to do a lot more with the, the, the quote, legal side of things, um, how to operate, how to function, and, and methodology, if you would. And 2 Timothy deals more with the heart of things, and that's how I see them, and I could be wrong, but that's how I see it. And so, Paul is instructing Timothy about being a young man of God, and he says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, "...let no man despise thy youth." But be thou an example uh, of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity, till I come. Give attendance, uh, attendance to the reading and exhortation, uh, to doctrine, he tells him. Um, give attendance to doctrine. And he says, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, um, which was given to thee um, by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery, as when he was ordained. Um, meditate upon these things. What things? I'm talking about um, not any letting any man despise his youth and and to be an example and to give attendance to certain things meditate on these things give thyself wholly to them that they profiting may appear to all he's talking about his testimony and what people see in him and then he says here take heed unto thyself make sure you are taking care of yourself spiritually and so forth and he says and unto doctrine so he tells him to take heed unto himself and unto doctrine. Continue in them. In what? Taking heed unto himself and in doctrine. For in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. He needed to make sure that he was walking with God, had the right kind of testimony, and he had the right doctrine. And you see that there in First Timothy, and you go to Second Timothy, and you see doctrine again and again and again and again. You see it all over through the book of Second Timothy, not only that, but you see it in the book of Titus as well. As uh, Paul writes to, to Titus, another preacher that he's passing um, the, the ministry over to, and so forth, and you find that uh, whenever he tells him about doctrine in Titus uh, chapter number 2, he, he talks about very distinct doctrines that he's to, to, to give, and, and so forth. And, and it's a blessing to, to read that, and it talks about him in, in, second, in Titus chapter 2, and verse number 10, not purloining, but showing um, all good fidelity that thou may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, 
in all things. And you find here that he tells them doctrine, and, and again and again and again, doctrine has been given to us. And I want to say this, and I believe the Word of God is, is true in this portion, um, because we live in a generation that people um, are heaping to the south, teachers having itching ears, and people cannot endure sound doctrine, is what the Bible says, that they, they will not endure sound doctrine. The Bible says in, in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, and verse number 16, also Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. So if all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, then all doctrine is profitable. All reproof is profitable and inspired. All, all correction and instruction in righteousness. And we live in a day and age where people say that there are major and minor doctrines, but if all Scripture is inspired, then all doctrine is profitable. And sadly, um, people want to belittle doctrines, um, but doctrine is important, and all doctrine is important. And Paul tried to write Timothy, and he told him, um, doctrine is important. And he says there, in the very next chapter, 2 Timothy chapter 4, that they will not endure sound doctrine. And it doesn't limit the doctrine to just the gospel. I believe doctrine concerning the church, the end times, um, biblical separation, and so on and so forth. Um, Old Testament, New Testament, understanding the whole counsel of God as Paul delivered under the church of Ephesus. All doctrine is important, but we have created a generation of churches who are feeding on milk for years, and the milk they're feeding on is just the very, very beginning beginning of the gospel and getting saved. And there's so much more that God wants them to grow in. But sadly, our preachers don't preach doctrine anymore. And churches don't take a stand for the whole counsel of God. Um, we, we, we They say major on the majors and minor on the minors. And sadly, we've come up with a generation of people who don't even understand what the quote minor doctrines are. And they buck against anyone who preaches the whole counsel of God and sound doctrine across the board and it's sad and we truly live in a generation of people who have itching ears because they cannot handle the meat of the word and I want to challenge you preacher that you would consider um, unto yourself am I giving all the counsel of God am I feeding my flock a a am I majoring on all doctrine because all scripture is inspired so all doctrine is important and I'm not talking about you know, fables and, and endless genealogies and things like that. I understand that there are some things that are, are vain, the Bible teaches, but doctrine is important and, and, and we've missed the boat and, and we don't preach... Uh, especially concerning the doctrine of the church. People are so confused about it, and, and the, the, the spiritual, mystical, New Age, um, Babylon religion that's in the end times, and so forth, has just fled into churches in the name of Protestantism, and so forth, and now um, even Baptist churches are, are, are Protestant, and it's sad to see that, uh, that people don't even understand the doctrines of the church and the local church and so forth, but we need to get back to sound doctrine. And so I want to challenge us this, this um episode. I know I went longer than normal, um, but uh, this is just something that's been on my heart as I've seen people um, dying and what's been given to us. And I'm looking around and seeing that my generation is not taking this serious and it breaks my heart uh, to see it. And, and I'm not mad. I'm not upset. I'm, I'm hurt really to see 
that we don't take these things serious. Again, as I look at my certificate of ordination, I remember that night whenever I, I was questioned by multiple men of God, and they asked me different questions, and, and they finally said, we make a motion that this man is fit for the, the gospel ministry. And that evening, the church gathered together, and they asked us some questions publicly, and then from there, um, they, 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 they preached, and they gave us a charge, and then in the invitation, all those men came forward, and I got down on my knees and they placed their hands on me and they prayed over me and they ordained me into the gospel ministry and they were saying, we are giving you some direction. We are giving you some distinction. We are giving you doctrine. I take that very serious. I want to ask you, preacher, do you take it as well? And so thank you for listening to the Good Soldier uh, podcast. Um, this is now on pleaforpower.com. But if you still head over to www.goodsoldier.co, you'll be redirected to the list of episodes um, previously and so forth. So thank you and may Christ bless you today.